This is the Vegetarian Zen Podcast, episode number 112. Welcome to Vegetarian Zen, a peaceful place for vegetarians, vegans, and the veg curious to share tips for living a healthy lifestyle. Now sit back, relax, and prepare to get your veg on. Hey there, Red Zeners. Welcome back to Vegetarian Zen. My name is Vicki. And this is Larissa. In this episode of the Vegetarian Zen podcast, we're going to be delving into the mystifying world of fatty acids. Ooh. Now, before you just stop this episode, because <laughs> it can be, it you know, it sounds a little like biology and stuff. We really wanted to talk a little bit about what specifically omega-3 and omega-6 fatty acids are and why it's important that you're balancing the ratio of those um, acids. Because as Larissa and I have said numerous times, those of you who've been listening to us since the beginning know that when we started out as vegetarians, we were very, very much junk food vegetarians and our bodies started to suffer. And we're still paying the price for some of those decisions that we made. Actually, most of my adult life, I made a lot of bad decisions when it <laughs> came too. to what I consumed. And now I'm starting to clean things up. And as we do that, there's a lot of noise out there with fish oil and how much you should be eating fish and all this kind of stuff. We're going to try to simplify that stuff for you so it's not so mysterious and really give you some just Here's what you should look at to do to make sure that you're balancing these essential fatty acids in your body and helping you and your family uh, have a more healthy diet. All right, but first, I know we have a rating. We do, and this rating is from Random Cookie Person. Awesome. <laughs> I love that name. Uh, all right, so Random Cookie Person says, I uh, love this podcast. Vicki and Larissa are so much fun to listen to. The topics are always informative and well-researched. Keep up the great work. Cool. Thank you very Thank much you. for leaving us that rating. We really appreciate it. All right. Now, instead of doing a, a, in the news this week, we have a listener email. And the listener is, uh, it, it, this is, was an email we got a few days ago from Ron Badak, and I hope I'm saying that right, B-A-D-A-C-H, of uh, Calicoon Kitchen. And he was writing to let us know about his new YouTube video that he has up that featured a short interview with the executive chef, Chef Linda, at the Catskill Animal Sanctuary in New York. And then uh, following that brief interview, they did a cooking demonst demonstration of her vegan barbecued tempeh sliders with crunchy vegan slaw. Yum. Right, yeah, and it, it I mean it looked really good. I I'm not a fan of of slaw, but the sliders looked really good and she makes a homemade barbecue sauce and she shows you exactly how to do that and uh, he said that the sauce is really good. So we'll have to definitely give that a try. Awesome. What do you think? So what about barbecue in our vegetarian zen food truck? Oh, that sounds good. Right? Right? <laughs> and it would be Texas. really easy. Oh yeah, especially here in Texas. Right. Uh, and then, so I just wanted to kind of go on a little bit, but thank you, Ron, for sending that. Uh, you know, it's a, it's not a really long video. I think it's about eight minutes and totally worth the, uh, the watch. I'll link to it in the show notes. And then you can also link to, I'll link to the, the actual recipe itself on, I think it's on the Compassionate Cuisine um, Catskills Animal Sanctuary website. But I, I just wanted to kind of go a little bit more before we move on to our topic about the Catskill Animal Sanctuary 
cooking program that they have. And it's called the Compassionate Cuisine Program. And it's basically cooking classes. And it's just so cool. I, I just pulled this off of their website. I wanted to just read it real fast. It says, as part of our mission to create more vegans, Catskill Animal Sanctuary launched a groundbreaking culinary program called Compassionate Cuisine, taught on sanctuary grounds, designed to teach people to cook with compassion. When we set out, our goal was to show people that vegan food is every bit as delicious and creative as, quote, traditional food, and to teach them to cook for themselves. Four years later, we are proud to say that thanks to all the caring and curious people who have taken our classes, fewer animals are suffering and more people are cooking up healthy cruelty-free meals i wish they were here in san antonio i know (laughs) i know we have some stuff here in san antonio but i was i have really been looking to take some sort of uh vegan cooking class like this well we might have to take a trip to the cat skills (laughs) i'm I'm for that that'd be cool yeah and you know i definitely um they have a great website that showcases all of the animals that they've rescued and they have at their farm and um their sanctuary farm and so i will definitely link to all that in the show notes as well okay are we ready to transition over into our main topic sure okay so as promised we're not going to get too geeky on you here so stick with us but we do want to give you a little primer about what fatty acids are before we get into why it's important that why these are important and and what you can do to make sure you're having the right balance right and i just want to preface this by saying this was a bear to research this outline because it was just, there was so much um, chemistry and long, you know, fatty acid molecule chain names and all this stuff. And I'm like, ah, so it just, it really drove home the point for me, how important it was for me to kind of try to simplify it and make it easy to understand because I was sitting there going, I don't get this stuff, you know, and I wanted to, to really help other people to understand it because it's just, it's a lot of long names. Yeah, we're going to try to give you the BuzzFeed version. version. <laughs> but, you know, that brings up a good point, Larissa, is that, you know, as we've always said, especially with topics like this, we are not medically trained at all. Mm-hmm. This is just research as two people trying to better their health uh, are doing. And this is how the podcast started, right? We wanted mm-hmm. to share it with other people. So this is our research. And of course, anything that we change in our diet, exercise, anything, we're always talking with our doctor. And you should do the same because everybody's different. So you should always consult your doctor if you're thinking about switching up anything in your diet. Exactly. And you know, all of the uh, articles that I use to compile the outlines are on the show notes. So you know, you can go out and check Print it out, check up take on it to your me. doctor. <laughs> check up on me and, and make sure I got everything right. You know, there, everything yeah. is listed there. We don't we don't say things on here that we haven't read from reputable uh, yeah, sources. Yeah, not some not not um, Aunt Meg's blog. No, Aunt Meg's blog. <laughs> <laughs> I know why that popped, I know that popped into my head. <laughs> uh, all, all right, so let's get into what fatty acids are. All right, so fatty acids are basically the building blocks of fats. So any fats, animal fats and plant-based fats. And they're metabolized by the body as sec- as a secondary fuel source. So glucose is the primary fuel source for your body. But uh, when you're when you don't have enough glucose or when you're exercising and you need, you know, you need to have extra energy, then that's when the those fats are metabolized to give you that, you know, Ability to keep going and keep exercising. 
Okay, and then the types of fatty acids, there are saturated and unsaturated. So mm-hmm. saturated fatty acids, those are solid at room temperature, and some examples of that would be like butter, coconut oil, and shortening. And then unsaturated, I almost said unfatty, <laughs> <laughs> unsaturated fats are those that are liquid at room temperature. So those are oils. And there's actually two types of unsaturated fats. There's monosaturated and... Mono poly- I'm sorry, yeah, mono monounsaturated thank you and polyunsaturated and those are also referred to as pufas pufas Pufas. yeah (laughs) sounds like Uh, a fancy dog name uh, yeah this is my dog pufa (laughs) (laughs) all right so polyunsaturated fat yeah Uh, and those are omega-3s and omega-6s so so omega-3s and omega-6s are examples of pufas right exactly so uh all fats are composed of different combinations of these types of fatty acids that we just talked about. So saturated and then monounsaturated and polyunsaturated. Animal fats are high in saturated fat, which is not the good kind, uh, with some monounsaturated fat. And monounsaturated fat is not, not great either. Fats from plants are mostly polyunsaturated fats with the exception of nuts, seeds, and avocados. And all of these contain higher amounts of saturated and monounsaturated fats plus some polyunsaturated fats. But I mean, you can see, and that's why when, when you hear us or other sources talk about, you know, you eat nuts and seeds and avocados because they're good for you and they contain good fats. You just have to eat them in moderation because they also contain some of the saturated fats that can cause bad effects, like putting on weight and, you know, yeah, some they have other a lot of calories. Right, right. All right. See, that wasn't too bad for the primer, right? Right. So let's move into the omega fatty acids now. All right. So these are known as essential fatty acids or EFAs. Um, and the reason for that is that they cannot be made by the body. So we have to get these from food. So some of the functions and benefits of essential fatty acids include um, healthy cell growth, development and maintenance of brain and nerve function, helping to regulate the thyroid and adrenal gland functions. And they're, they're involved in keeping blood from clotting, so reducing the risk of stroke in that way, helping to regulate blood pressure, and they also can have anti-inflammatory properties, so they can help reduce joint pain, menstrual pain, and symptoms of uh, things like ulcerative colitis. Yeah, and when you're deficient, here is here are some of the things that can happen to you that are not good. So liver and kidney disease, reduced growth rates, decreased immune function, depression, and dry skin or other skin problems can mm-hmm. develop. Right. So then when we get, okay, so that's the essential fatty acids in general. So then we're going to talk, we'll talk about omega-3s and omega-6s. And there are actually two more omegas. I think there's like nine and it's either 10 or 12. I'm not sure. But three and six are by far the most prevalent, the most talked about, the most, you know, the ones that you see all the time in the news and in health articles and on food packaging and all this stuff. So let's talk about these. So let's start with omega-3. Omega-3 is, uh, there are eight different, okay, there are eight different omega-3 fatty acids. The parent acid of all of these is called alpha-linolenic acid, ALA. I'm glad you pronounced that. Yeah. (laughs) And I, I tried to keep as many of the, like, 
chemical names out of this one because it's just very confusing and really, really, really long names. And it's not really essential that you know all no. of that kind of stuff. We're just no. trying to give you an idea so that way when we talk a little bit later about the balancing of all that, it makes mm-hmm. a little bit more sense to you. Right. And, you know, when you see these referred to in articles or on food packaging, you usually just see like the word omega-3 and then you'll see like the um, acronyms. So ALA or EPA and DHA. So you don't see these big long names anyway. Uh, but the parent acid again of omega-3s is alpha-linolenic acid, ALA. So all of the other omega-3s, the other, I guess, seven are components are, are have this as a component. So um, besides ALA, two of the most common ones that you'll see referred to are EPA and DHA. All right. And then some of the best sources of omega-3s include flax seeds, walnuts, oils, uh, and those oils are like flaxseed oil, canola, soybean, walnut, and wheat germ. And it's also available from other sources such as, and this is just in a little bit lesser amounts, but mm-hmm. nuts, seeds, soy products, beans, and whole grains. Right. So then the, the re- recommended daily intake of omega-3 fatty acids, and this isn't, again, as Vicky was saying, it's not. this is not something that most people are going to say, okay, well, how many grams of omega-3s did I have today? You know, it's not the same as calories or fat or sugar that you, it's something that you monitor. It's just something to kind of be aware of when you're um, thinking about what you're eating. I don't count calories. I I just count my omega-3 fatty acids. (laughs) So, so the recommended daily intake of omega-3s is uh, for women, uh, it's 1.1 grams and men is 1.6. And so, um, then let's move on and talk a little bit about omega-6s then. I see that L, linal, whatever word. Yeah. So I'm going to let you take that. All right. Well, the <laughs> omega-6 fatty acids have a parent acid that's called linoleic acid. So it's a little bit different. There's like one letter different in it. Um, so that's it's And it's L-A. It's not A-L-A. Uh, so linoleic acid is a parent acid. And again, there are eight different omega-6 fatty acids. Okay, so some sources for omega-6s are leafy vegetables, seeds, nuts, grains, and oils to include corn, sunflower, safflower, soybean, cottonseed, and sesame seed. I can pronounce those just fine. (laughs) (laughs) So, I mean, you can see that there are some, there are a lot of foods that contain both, um, but different ratios and different amounts. So it's still good. It's, It's good for you to eat these things anyway, you know, because they have other health benefits besides just the omega uh, fatty acids. But you just have to make sure that you're not eating too many and then you're following um, just other healthy practices. So one thing that's important about the omega-6s and omega-3s is that the ratio of omega-6 to omega-3 that you consume is actually, it does matter. And consuming too much omega-6 can actually inhibit the body's ability to use omega-3s. And what I read as far as the reasoning for that is that they essentially regulate or they help with a lot of the same functions, but then there are some things that omega-3s do that omega-6 doesn't. So if you're consuming a lot of omega-6, your body's going to absorb a lot more of that. And then the, the 3s that you are getting are not going to be used. So you're kind of wasting that in a sen- in in a sense, but then you're not getting the benefits, the specific omega-3 benefits. I don't know if that makes sense. Well, it does. And and I think that um 
you know, when the reason we got interested in this topic is I was watching, I think it was a Dr. Oz YouTube video. I'm not a huge Dr. Oz fan, but there was a, it was, I was doing some research just on omegas anyways. And he was saying that the ratio of omega sixes to omega threes has increased dramatically in the last few years. Maybe I don't remember how many years he said, but that currently we're about 25 to one, something Mm -hmm. like that. Which and a big part of that is because of our processed diet, our processed food diet, right? And keeping in mind that the the correct or the good ratio of omega six fatty acids to omega threes should be between one to one, so equal amounts, mm-hmm. or as high as four to one. So that means you know you can still be in a healthy range and eat up to four times as many omega threes as you do. I mean, omega-6s as you do omega-3s. Yeah, and, and he said 25 to 1, between 10 and ten to 1 and 25 to 1. And a lot of that is is due to our highly processed diet. Mm-hmm. Right. And the, But why processed foods, right? It's because uh, a lot of the processed foods, if you look at the back of like a bag of Cheetos or something like that, what, it, what do you see as far as like oils? You see like corn oil or sunflower oil or um, partially hydrogenated sunflower oil, you know, and you see those things and that's what is the omega-6. Yeah. And in, in our research too, you remember, Larissa, you were mentioning to me that you found some interesting information about fish mm-hmm. and that fish I know has been promoted a lot probably by the fishing industry <laughs> uh, for omega threes, mm-hmm. right? And what what did you find out? Why don't you? What I found out is, you know, I did find out on, on a lot of the sources I looked at. It'll it would say like, okay, on a, a WebMD, and I I always tend to I like to stick to reputable sources. So um, WebMD or Mayo Clinic or PCRM, the Physicians uh, Committee for Responsible Medicine. Uh, I I do use Mercola with a grain of salt. I don't use Doctor Oz, you know. So I always try to stick with reputable, really good sources. Um, I use the National Institute of Health, things like that. So what I found in most of them was still recommending fish. So to get for good sources of omega-3s, it would recommend eating fish like two to three times a week. However, when I went to the PCRM site, the Physicians Committee for Responsible Medicine, it's a mouthful, site, they said something completely different. What they said is that, yes, they do contain, fish does contain good uh, source of omega-3s. And it's, and it's specific fish. It's, I think it's like tuna, halibut, uh, salmon. There, there are maybe six or seven of them. But the caveat to that is that fish can contain a lot of mercury. And fish also contain a lot of um, cholesterol and saturated fats that can do harm more harm to your body than it's worth to eat them for the omega-3 value that they contain so uh, pcrm actually discourages you from eating fish and encourages the plant sources of omega-3s like uh, flaxseed uh, walnuts you know other nuts soy whole grains uh, things like that all right, so let's close this uh, main top, this main section out, anyways, with some quick tips that folks, because like I said, nobody's going to sit there and say, 
I had four to one today or <laughs> I had, you know, whatever. <laughs> Nobody's going to count that. So maybe what are some really quick, practical, actionable tips that people can take to make sure that they, they're keeping that balance and that they're getting the, the right amount of omega-3s and omega-6s? Okay, so it's really simple. Eat a low-fat diet. Okay, so that's going to keep out the a lot of the saturated fats, period, which you don't want anyway. Um, but it's also going to keep out um, the monounsaturated fats and ensure you're getting the healthier fats. Uh, reduce your intake of processed foods, and that alone is going to cut back on the amount of omega-6 that you're getting from all of the, the oils that contain um, omega-6s in processed foods. And then proactively... Eat more of the foods that do contain omega-3s, like the plant-based foods, like um, flax seeds, walnuts, wheat germ oil, uh, you know, walnut oil. You just got us some canola canola oil that was uh, GMO. It was, what was it, organic? Yes, it's, um, it's organic, non-GMO, and it contains 1,200 milligrams of omega-3s per serving. So remember, that's a big thing with canola oil. If you just buy, like, a commercial brand or they typically contain GMOs. GMOs. So you want to be careful of that. We found ours at Whole Foods, Foods. I believe. Okay. Mm -hmm. Yeah. All right. Anything else on that topic? I don't think so. I hope that wasn't too confusing. Yeah, I think, you know, I think it's just important you understand because there's a lot of stuff out there. And even in our research that, uh, you know, just it can be very confusing. Right. Well, and, and again, you know, just to kind of break it all down, it just comes down to making healthy, smart whole food choices. Well, and the other thing, the reason I, I like it is because I've always heard that fish is so important because of the omega-3s. But this, again, just like protein and calcium and other things we've talked about as vegetarians and vegans, you can find even healthier alternatives in a lot of cases. Right. And there's a lot of really awesome, delicious stuff that you can put these things in as ingredients. It's not that... It's not that you just have to sit there and munch on a handful of tiny flax seeds every day. You know, <laughs> there are so many things that you can put these in and uh, that that'll lead us to our, our recipe. Oh, I've started taking so. walnuts to work, mm -hmm. specifically walnuts. Mm -hmm. I have some mixed nuts, too, but I, I really have been focusing on walnuts. Mm -hmm. So that, that kind of leads us into our recipe of the week or recipes. Flaxseed recipes. Yeah, I thought that would be really good is to kind of do a... Um, uh, Why did I use my Muppet voice for that? I flax don't seed recipes. Yay! <laughs> I'm just picturing Kermit <laughs> waving his hands over flax seeds. Um, but I don't know why that got me so excited. <laughs> I thought I would do another post on uh, with a what do you call it? Not a conglomeration. What's the word I'm looking uh, looking for? Where like you put a bunch of things together. You know what I mean. Okay. I'm going to do flaxseed recipes. <laughs> You're going to get a lot of flaxseed recipes. Yeah. <laughs> so anyway. All right. So let's move into the quote of the week. All right. The quote this week is, pasta doesn't make you fat. How much pasta you eat makes you fat. <laughs> I just thought that since we're talking about fat, I thought that was cute. Giada de Laurentius. Yeah. She's a chef. Okay. Yeah. That's true though. Yeah. All right. So what is the question of the week, Larissa? All right, well, let's just find out. Do you pay attention to the types and amounts of fats you eat? So if you would like to weigh in on this, ha-ha, weigh in, fat, ha, never mind. Ha, ha, ha. <laughs> wah, wah. Uh, you can go out to our website, go to the show notes for episode 112, and scroll down to the bottom. You'll see the question and just click to leave a comment. 
And as always, we really appreciate our community. We are closing in on, I think, 8,000 folks on social media, on our social media platforms. So if you are somebody who follows on Facebook, please know that we have Instagram. We have Pinterest. Which Instagram has really been picking up mm-hmm. a lot. We have Pinterest. And where else are we hanging out? Twitter. Oh, Twitter, which we kind of keep up with that. Yeah, not as, not as much as yeah. Facebook tends to get the most engagement. Facebook and Pinterest. Mm-hmm. Probably Pinterest has almost half of our social media. Uh, also, if you can find us out on iTunes, we would greatly appreciate you heading out there, hitting the subscribe. And if you are so inclined, leave us a rating because we read all of our five-star ratings online. And uh, feel free to stop by the show notes. We've been getting some more comments on the website mm-hmm. itself, which, which is awesome yeah. because that helps. Google likes that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> and that helps other people find us on the internets. 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 <laughs> All right. All right. I think that does it for our show this week. We'll talk to you next time. Peace out. Bye. Thanks for joining us today on Vegetarian Zen. We've created a free resource for you to show you five ways to sneak more fruits and veggies into your diet. You can download it right now by visiting vegetarianzen.com. Until next time, wishing you a happy body and a healthy mind.